Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. I believe God's got an awesome word for us today. If it's coming from me, it has to be from God because I have nothing to share with you. Let's, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus and we just come to you today with open ears and open heart. Father, I would ask that the, the walls that we build up around our heart and the earplugs that we put in we're taken out and broken down today, that we're ready to receive your word. We welcome you into the, the house this morning. The presence of God is here with us, and we thank you that this word is from you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's children said, Amen. All right, so recently got back from conference, um, phenomenal time with a great group of, of young men and women, and uh, there was a lot of talk at conference about seeds, um, and then after reading the Bible and, and researching a lot what they talked about at conference, um, there's really a lot about gardening and agriculture in the Bible. And it was done to relate stories and parables so that we could understand. And um, today, the message of our title is, Tend Your Garden. Our text scripture is Genesis 2.14, just one. We're going to use the New King James Version. It says, then the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. That's it. That's our text scripture. The Lord God, our creator, our heavenly father, took man, us, man and woman, put him in the garden to tend and keep it. First, that tells us we're created with a purpose. God created us on purpose with a purpose. Now, many of us today are maybe not intended to do agriculture, gardening, farming, but God has a purpose for all of us. Second, we're created to work. And if you want to take notes, it's fine. Go ahead. You know, I, I see some of my youth, our young, young adults and our youth out taking notes. I like it. Um, because how else are you going to remember it? You're, I, I love you all, but your memory's not that good. So, um, so we were created on purpose with a purpose. And we all have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. God created Adam to tend the Garden of Eden. It was the most beautiful place in the whole world. And it was his responsibility to tend it. That's a big job. But he gave him everything that he needed. Gave him all the resources, gave him all the abilities, all the talents, all the skills to do it. So God will never give you something to do without giving you the resources and the skills to do it. That's something you should write down because that's good information. So, I'm going to talk about another garden real quick. I've been doing this for many years, many messages. Pastor Rachel and uh, our worship leader, Nicole, one day, many, many moons ago, had this great idea to start a garden at our house. So, they came over, probably had way too much coffee, and they're like, we got to do something. So, when I came home, there was this... I don't know, it was a 15 by 15 little square in the corner of our yard. 
uh, that they created into a garden. And they did a phenomenal job. They really did. They, they put this underground soaker hose in to water it. The only thing I didn't like about that is the hose came up over the ground. And well, anyway, I'm a little OCD, so it was weird how that was. But they put the weed preventer paper in. They put the little uh, wood to frame it out. And then they planted all kinds of stuff. They planted, uh, I think it was like strawberries. If I don't get it right, just, we'll just ride with it, whatever they planted. Herbs, they had peppers and tomatoes. And then they had these cute little stones that they painted and wrote what it was and put it on there. And it had a little garden gnome. And it was really cool. It was actually a really cool, very cute garden. Then, let's fast forward about five months. Pastor Rachel forgot the most important part of a garden is tending the garden. Because the garden turned into a weed pit. Man, I, I don't even know what was in there. It was just all covered with weeds. And our yard is, our house was built in 1958. We have an older home. It's out west in Florida Gardens. Um, you can stop by if you want. Call me first, because if you don't, I won't answer the door. Um, but we don't have irrigation, uh, so... God provides the irrigation. When it rains, stuff grows. When it don't, it don't. It looks like somebody abandoned the house when it doesn't rain. It's pretty embarrassing. But what's funny is the weeds, they'll grow no matter what. And then weeds took over this garden, and it was just this huge pile of shrub. I, I, I remember one day I was walking by. I was playing with the dogs outside, and I walked by, and I saw something like, yellow or orange in there. I'm like, what the heck is that? I thought maybe Caleb threw one of the dog's balls in there. So I go out and I'm moving the stuff away and I got stuck by something and I look in there. It was this rogue, brave pineapple that had decided to grow, which I don't know how it did, but it was growing through the weeds. And it was, it was only about this big. Uh, I picked it. It was actually absolutely delicious. I think that was the only thing we ever ate out of the garden. But just to give you an idea of how important tending the garden is. Now, the Bible, it references gardens all throughout the Bible. Depending on the plant or condition that they reference in the Bible, it can express images of renewal, strength, hope, beauty, love, faith, sin, sorrow, sadness, anger. It can even signify quantities, actions, poverty, and wealth. Now, God did this at the time because... Back then, there was no Publix or Whole Foods or Aldi's. We're not going to start a fight about who goes where or what's better. Everybody knows Publix, but no, I'm just kidding. Depends what Publix you go to. Ours is awful. Anyway, but it was important the way God related his word so we could all understand it. So we're going to do the same thing today, but, but in a, a little bit of a, a new way. Now, I want you to consider, consider just, just so you know, I'm not making this up, I want you to consider some of the imageries in the Bible. I'm going to give you some passage, because I always want you to, first of all, you should never take what anybody on this stage says for, you know, take it for what it's worth. We are men. Research it for yourself. God's word is infallible, all right? Everything that we're going to come up here and preach is from the Bible, but you should look it up for yourself. That's a responsibility we have is, is learning the word. So I'm going to give you some scripture to back up what I'm saying so you don't have to go look it up. I'm going to make it easy for you. All right? So in Numbers 24, 6, it says, The Israelites are numerous and prosperous. Like valleys they spread out. Like gardens besides the river. Like aloes planted by the Lord. Like cedars besides the water. So right there, 
they were, uh, God was using this example of a garden and, and trees and water to give you an example of, of the Israelites. Um, in Isaiah 130, it says, you will be like a great tree with wither, withered leaves in a garden, like a garden without water. And then one of the most popular is John 15, 8. It says, I am the true vine, I am the fa- or the, and the Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. We better start bearing some fruit, huh? While every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, so that will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because you are the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me as also I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by, its, by itself. It must remain in the vine. And it goes on, but I just want you to, to understand what God is doing. He's using plants and growth and water and lack of water and withering and plants withering as examples of how we are with him and without him. Can we all agree on that? Let me, let me hear it. amen. There you go. That's some feedback. Make sure everybody's awake. I'll send John around, hit you with his little walker thing right now. So just to prove it to you, there are 61 verses in, in over 20 books in the Bible that reference gardening. And also, I'd like to welcome, I forgot, I want to welcome our online family, Pastor Mike, everybody that's, that's saying, I, I know I took a picture, but I want to welcome you. So our first topic today, if you want to write it down, it's good and bad seeds, all right? Good and bad seeds. Who have you allowed to plant in your garden? Now, God, he's the master gardener. Can we all agree? God is the master gardener. But don't be deceived. The enemy's been here for a long time. He's pretty good at gardening himself. God can plant seeds, but the enemy will also plant seeds. And there are good and bad seeds. What kind of seeds are the enemy going to plant? Seeds of lust, hate, anger, disobedience, gossip, discontent. When I self-evaluate, I think it's crazy how unhappy I can be sometimes with everything that I'm blessed with. Because I've let seeds, yes, pastors, preachers, sometimes we allow seeds that shouldn't grow in our hearts. We allow them to grow. But what I can do and what I've gotten better at is self-evaluation and checking that. Because once I get frustrated or angry, what I start doing is focusing on what I've been blessed with and what I have. And what I have that I couldn't live without. And then I have to judge what the importance of the thing I'm getting angry about is. What I do is think about my wife and son. And I think about not having them. And if I didn't have them, what would I give to have them back? Everything. I would give everything to have them back if I didn't. So right there, that proves to me I have everything that I need. And we have to evaluate our lives like that because the enemy can work. And he's really good at getting you to think about other things. He's really good about planting seeds and get you to think about things that the world wants you to think about. Now, how does he do it? If I offend you today, unless I call you out by name, but if you're offended by something I say, I really don't mind. I've been doing it my whole life. I know. Ask the youth. They know. But pray about it, because a lot of times it's a heart check for you. I might say, I'm, look, I, I, I didn't really come up, I didn't come up with this on my own. This is a message for, for you. Somebody in here is going to take this to heart, and it's going to change our life. I say that before this, because 
the enemy plants seeds and he hides them by planting them with relationships. Some of the relationships that you have in your life right now, maybe it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, maybe it's coworkers, maybe it's friends, but some of the relationships that you have in your life right now are seeds from the enemy. One of the hardest things I had to do in my life was start weeding out people that weren't helping me go in the right direction. I had a large group of friends that I hung out with for a long time. One of my friend's mom's here today. She came to see me. One of my good friends, Gino. He's not weeded out. I love him. <laughs> but there were a lot of friends that I had to weed out. And it's not easy. These are people I love. These are people I hung out with every day, multiple times a day. We went out and partied a lot, way too much. But when you start changing, if those friends want to continue down that same road and bring you with them and you want to change, it's not the right friends. And they can either change or you can change. doesn't mean you, you have to cut them out completely. I, there's a lot of people. I still invite to church every Sunday. I invite to fellowship. I invite to, to things that we do here at the church. And I used to take it personally when they didn't come, but I don't anymore. I know it's the enemy that's working on them, and it's something that they have to figure out on their own. But I'm not going to let them plant seeds in my heart. I'm not going to let them influence me to do things I know I shouldn't be doing because I've got past that. And that's tough. What about movies? So many things we take for granted. Movie, and look, look, I'm not the movie police. I'm not the music police. Everybody will have conviction on your own. There are certain things that are going to convict people. And if you struggled with something and you get past it and then you're around it and it still pulls on you and tries to pull you in, that's a conviction. And my recommendation would be to get as far away from it as you can. God will strengthen us. And he says he will never tempt us. He will never allow us to be tempted. Pardon me, correction. He will never allow us to be tempted more than we could withstand. So if you have a temptation, you have the strength to get past that temptation. That's the enemy planting seeds. And you can take it out before it grows. Movies, music, <laughs> news. Yeah, some, yeah. Oh. Look, I had to stop watching the news. And I'm not saying that's for everybody. I'm not saying you shouldn't know what's going on. But what I realized was I was watching the news. I was like, gosh. We want to talk about looking at the situation of the world. I mean, we can't agree that water's water. I mean, you'll have all kinds of people just arguing. If one person says that water's water and the other person will find some other way. No, it's hydrogen and oxygen. It is. It, it, but, but what I'm saying is, is the enemy can use these things to divide. Divide and conquer. When you watch a National Geographic as the lion. That's my best National Geographic British voice I can do. Thank you. Thank you. But when a predator comes in and he goes to attack a herd, he doesn't just run in and attacks the herd. He's got an eye out on one. The weakest one or the sick one or the smallest one. And what does he do? When that herd takes off, it separates. He's like, got him. That's why I had to separate myself with some people who I really love because this is my herd. 
and if you don't want to come with me here, I can't always go out with you over there. And that was a decision I had to make. And I have friends that tell me, well, you don't come hang out no more. I said, I'll come hang out whenever you want. I ain't going to the bar. I ain't going to the club. Definitely ain't going to the strip club. Why don't you come hang out with me in fellowship or a group or just come over to my house or I'll go over to your house or whatever. We can do something. But there are certain things that I just won't do anymore because it's seeds, seeds that are planted. Or it could be seeds that I'm feeding and watering that are already planted. When I talked about the message of the heart, there are still, still some things inside here that I'm working on. I know it's hard to believe. If you've ever seen me drive, you know. But there are still some things that I'm working on in here. And what I don't want to do is feed and water it if it's not the right seed. He does it in the workplace with workplace drama. I'll tell you, some, some people I talk, oh, I never gossip. But you get around somebody with the right tea, oh, let me hear this. Well, what happened to who? So-and-so did what? I knew, I knew she was like that. I knew it. I seen her looking at him. I knew she was scandalous. She's married, you know. Workplace drama could be bad seeds. You know we're supposed to be an example. If you've given Christ your heart, you're supposed to be an example for other people. That, that the body, which is you right now, you are the example for other people to look at, to see what Christ looks like. And then people want to know why Christianity is so far down in the world and, and it's, it's not even prevalent really in the United States anymore. And it's because we don't have the courage to be bold enough to go out there and act the way that we should be acting. I'm going to give myself a round of applause because it's the truth. And look, I know it's not easy. I got to hang around people too. And I, there's people I hung around with, and they're like, and then I'll, they're, you know, everything's cool, and then they'll say, well, what do you do? And I say, I own a pest control company, and I kill bugs, and I do wildlife, and, and then I always go, and I'm a pastor. So many times, because I've just had a conversation when they might have dropped the F-bomb 15 times, like, oh. <laughs> Forgive me, no, I don't do this, I don't know. I want you to be you, but I want you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. I don't come in and tell people that to get them to be different around me because I will tell you one thing. As a pastor, and, and as I could hope, as I hope that usually what we get here is not always what you get everywhere else. This version of yourself might be a little different at home, might be a little different with your kids, might be a little different with your friends. It shouldn't be, but I know. I, I got a chance to work with some great young men and women, and then I, I, I get opportunities to go into their school. I'll briefly tell a story, make it real quick. I went to go see a young man play basketball. I went into his middle school. This was a while ago. It wasn't him, though. That I, but I'm sitting down, and I'm just, it's a middle school, and I am amazed at the conversation. I'm so nervous for my son to go to middle school, but I pray over him, and I know he's blessed, highly favored, and he's got a hedge of protection around him, and I know that what the enemy plans for his destruction, God's going to allow it to be for his glory. But I walked into this middle school, and I swear it was a prison. The, I had never heard so many bad words. Just, I mean, it, I heard whole conversations that didn't contain anything except the foul word, which I didn't even know you could create a conversation like that. <laughs> like if you had to beep it out, it would have been a beep, 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 the, her, beep, beep, beep. And I'm, 
And I'm hearing this one voice. I'm sitting in the second row, and I'm watching a game, and I hear this one voice. I'm like, man, that voice is familiar. And I'm hearing all these horrible things come out of his mouth. And then finally, I turned around, and I could not believe who I saw. I'm not going to say it. Rachel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is, it's nobody that goes to the church anymore, but I, I just saw one of the youth that I had stand up and preached in front of for years. And then she saw me and was like, oh! And I'm like, no, I didn't do that. I think I was almost as embarrassed as she was. But she allowed seeds to be planted. And it's hard because she didn't have the courage to be the woman that God created her to be and stand out. Because it's tough. Because we were never created to blend in. We were created to stand out. But so many people don't want to stand out, don't want to be different. They want to go under the radar. I believe with all my heart that's why God chose me, because I, I don't care. I love y'all, but I don't care what y'all think about me. I, lo I love people out there. Where I don't care what they think about me. I would hope that they look at me and they're like, man, that's, he's a good guy. He's honorable. He does what he says. He, his values. He loves his family. And I'm not going to be ashamed to preach the gospel. I'm not going to be ashamed to stand up for what God wants me to stand up for. I'm not going to be ashamed to call somebody out on something that they need to be called out on because they need a life check because I know how good my life is because I have God in it. And so many of us, though, go out and we know something. It's like we have this special treasure and we're just holding on to it like this. Like, what's that little thing in Lord of the Rings? My precious. And it doesn't want anybody to share what you've got. And you've got this beautiful thing called Jesus Christ and salvation and freedom and joy and happiness. And we want to hoard it away and not open up our arms and give it out for everybody to enjoy it. Why? Ask yourself why. Ask yourself why you can't be bold when you're out in front of other people. Ask yourself why you feel like you have to fit in. It's seeds. Did a little research on seeds. And there is uh, something called a heirloom variety of seeds, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. If not, don't correct me. But I looked it up. The Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines heirloom as something of special value handed down from one generation to another. Something of special value. I'll say it for everybody that's writing it down, Monica. It's my girl right there, baby girl. Some, something of special value handed down from one generation to another. So these heirloom varieties of seeds are non-GMO, non-modified, no pesticide. They're seeds that have been handed down from generation to generation to create these vegetables and these fruits and these plants that are pure and produce good fruit. That's the kind of seeds we should be planting in our heart. Who are they handed down by? I'm going to hold up my Bible, but my phone is my Bible. I'm not one of those guys that you have to have a digital Bible is just fine with me. I use it all the time. But the seeds that we should be planting are seeds from God. Good seeds, heirloom varieties that have been handed down from generation to generation to generation to encourage you, to lift you up, to cast out fear. You want some seeds? You want some? Okay, Pastor Rachel, I'll give you some seeds. Come on, come on, y'all want some seeds? <clears throat> since you asked 
I'm going to give you some seeds. Joshua 1.9, I have not commanded you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Here's another seed. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God gave us a spirit of fear, not a spirit of fear, t- timidity in my version, but of power, love, and self-control. Those are two good seeds. You want another seed? How about Philippians 4.13? Ryan, hold up your arm. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's got a tattoo of it right there. What about Psalm 28.7? The Lord is my strength, my shield. In him my heart trusts. I am helped. My heart exalts. With my song I give thanks to him. What about John 16.33? I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That is a good seed that we should plant and let grow. What about Mark eleven twenty four? Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, I believe that you receive it, and it will be yours. What does it say? Whatever you ask in prayer. Now, can you pray for win the lottery? It's got to line up with God's word. God doesn't care about your environment. He compares about he cares about your heart, because he knows if he can fix your heart, you can be in any environment. You can be in a a crappy school environment. You could be in a crappy work environment. You could be in a crappy home environment. But if God has fixed your heart, that's what's going to change your environment, not your environment changing you. So that's what you got to think about when you pray. What about Psalm 34? I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Too many of us who are scared. And we live life with this fear. Why? You've got royal blood. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, you have royal blood flowing through your veins. You've been adopted by, into a royal priesthood where we cannot be defeated. Things of this world might not work out the way we think they're supposed to work out. Let me give you an example. Just this week past, uh, Pastor Rachel texted me. My AC went out of my car. I was like, you know, and it's what, 157 degrees or something? I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but it's hot. AC in Florida is not a luxury. It is a necessity. I was working with Elijah. Elijah works with me. 40 minutes after I get that text from Pastor Rachel, Elijah calls me. The AC went out on the truck. I was like, And they both wound up being, I think they both, the one in the truck's a condenser. Just for a little point of reference, the condenser on the work truck is like $1,600 just for the part. I don't even know. We didn't even bring her car in yet. We're bringing that in Wednesday. Now, the old Eric, still working, but the old Eric, okay, God, thanks a lot. Like, even when I went to the mechanic, the mechanic was like, who did you take off? Like, Two ACs on both of our vehicles breaking the same day, literally within an hour? He knows I was coming up to preach today. I could have got to let, let it get me upset. And I did for a minute. I ain't going to lie. I did, I, I did one of these. But it's all right when you look up. Because he reminded me. Do you believe what you preach? I said, yes, I do. I do believe what I preach. And he said, calm down. I said, all right. I said, well, thank you that I'm not the one with the broken AC. (laughs) But God gave us the resources to fix the problem. 
We are blessed and highly favored. What the enemy meant for bad, God will turn around and use it for his good. So not everything will always work out, but I allowed the good seeds that were planted in my heart to take root and to grow, and those are the trees that I grab onto when I need to get out of the water. When the flood's coming, those are the trees I hang onto. The last, or my next, uh, well, nah. I'll say this real quick. It says, when you're talking about seeds, it says you should test your seeds. I had no clue what that meant. I thought there was some kind of fancy, cool thing that you could test seeds with. Apparently not. So with some seeds, you could put, if they're bigger, you could put them in water. If they sink, they're bad. If they float, they're good. I don't know, vice versa, one or the other. And there's also things you could do. You could put seeds in paper towels, see if they take root to sprout. You know, we have to test the seeds that we have that are planted in our heart. How do you do that? I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you. So a seed is a thought or an idea or a dream. Who has thoughts, ideas, or dreams? Okay, I see some of you don't. That's cool. Um, Who's breathing today? Somebody call the MT. You ready? There's a lot of practice here. Pastor Mike's right. Some of y'all just won't raise your hand. That's cool. Don't trust every thought, idea, or dream that you have. Because like I said, the enemy, enemy will plant some seeds. You can't trust every one. You have to test it. How do you test it? Compare it to what God says. Well, how do I do that? I was telling a bunch of our young people what I will do. We have this great piece of technology that we use for everything except for getting connected with God mostly. We could use it for social media. We could use it for spying on people. What did they just buy? They're broke. I don't know how they bought that. And you start comparing. That's a whole other message. Oh, my phone just turned on. I ain't talking to you. Um, but what I like to do is say, hey, Google, Hey, phone, what does the Bible say about this? If it's an idea or a thought I have. What does the Bible say? Now, it doesn't stop there. You can't just take whatever Google gave you and say, oh, well, that's the word of God. No, it's got to be in the Bible. But you can see if it brings scripture up that will reference it, and then you can go to that area and read it and study it. And some of you are just like, well, you had me at, you know, read maybe, but study? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to know what the, the word is saying? Do you want to know what God is trying to tell you? Because too often when these storms of our life come, we're quick to blame God, but we're not putting any work in to get the scripture, to get what he downloaded, the information that he gave us so we know how to get ourselves out of the mess. And then we blame God. Come on. I know I'm not the only one. I've done it. It's not God's fault. He gave us everything we need. He even gave us to live in an age where we can search everything. I was talking to somebody. I remember when I was in school and had to do reports, I had to go to the library. Some of y'all, right? Raise your hand if you had to go to the library. Young people, look. Look. You want to know how much work was to have to go? And then how long did it take to find the book in the library? The catalog, and you had to, I would get to the machine and be like, <laughs> my son gets frustrated having to, like, do work with something. I'm like, stop. I will not, I will not be sympathetic towards that. I was like, dude, you can Google on your phone. What does it say about plant growth? And, and like, you could have a whole essay almost written for you. I used to have, anyway, I'm going to stop. 
Next thing you know, service is going to be over. Research it for yourself. Find out what God said about it. Pray about it. You know in the Bible it says pray about everything? 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 Yeah, everything. 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 It says pray about everything. Why not? You don't have to like, you know, get on your knees and get in a closet and be like, oh, dear Heavenly Father, uh, I want to pray about how my mom's treating me. No. You can talk to God. He kn- God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Come to him in the authority of our Lord and Savior, but then ask him what you want. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I need your help with this. Father, allow the Holy Spirit to lead me in the right direction with this. About everything. Test your seeds. The more time you spend with God, I, you know how many people I talk to, and they're like, I just don't hear God talking to me. Well, it's because you talk to him twice a year. When my son says my name, well, he calls me Dada. I love it. But when he says that, I know it's him. We could be in a, a water park, a crowded room, a mall. When he calls my name, I know his voice. That's how God is with us. Are we like that with him? Some, and some of us, when we pray, we're too busy talking. La, 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 la. I, I know I do sometimes. God's like, okay, just shh, I'm trying to tell you. My son does that sometimes. He talks so much, I'm trying to tell him the answer. And he's like, but wait. I'm like, dude, you, there's five things I have to answer. I'm not going to remember the answer by the time I... So sometimes when we pray, we just need to be quiet. We need to be able to hear God's voice. God will speak to us. Maybe not an audible voice, but you will get a check in your spirit knowing whether it's right or wrong to do something. But if you're too busy talking, or if you only talk to him once a week, probably not going to recognize it. How are you going to tell between that and the enemy? The enemy's talking to you every day. That's why we listen to the enemy so much, because he's talking to us, and we know his voice. We're like, okay, I'll go do this. And the enemy's like, got him. Do you want your life to be different? Better? Maybe not just different. Like, even if you have a great life, wouldn't you want it to be better? hope so. Two, what you feed grows. Why is, why is it that, like, when you plant a garden, everything that you want to grow doesn't grow, and everything that you don't want to grow grows? I'll tell you why. Genesis 3.17. And Adam, he said, because this is God speaking, because you listen to your wife, it's the only time you're not supposed to listen to your wife, Adam. Because you listen to your wife and ate the fruit from the tree about which I commanded to you, must not eat from, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for your dust you are, and dust you return. Like Paul, the Apostle Paul, he went through everything that we went through. He says, what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. I am stuck in that all the time. I know what I should and shouldn't be doing, and it always seems like what I shouldn't be doing is what I want to do. The world is cursed. It's a broken world, and the enemy is the ruler of this world, and he's always leading us into temptation. Weeds grow in undesirable locations. Our heart. Weeds grow very quickly. They have an extensive root system. Weeds produce lots of seeds. So once the enemy gets in there and produces one seed, once the enemy gets in there and produces one seed, it will spread quickly. 
Weeds grow faster than other plants, and weeds also grow in extreme environments that some plants can't grow in. Conference is an example. When, when we take the youth to conference, and they're like, man, this is great. And it's just, I just, God was there, and he, he was dealing with stuff. And they're up front, <laughs> ugly crying, snots coming out of their nose. Because it's an, it's an environment that you create, that we've created, right, at conference, where it's God's present, and we pushed out the things of the enemy. And so it's easier to experience God talking to us. Because the environment, look at the environment you're in when you walk out of this door. Look at the environment you're in when you go to work. Look at the environment you're in when you go to school. Is, is that a God environment? We've taken God out of schools. We've taken God out of work. You can't pray. People are, we have taken God out of this country, and this is the result. It's hard to be a believer and be a Christian nowadays. But I ain't going to give up. I'm not going to give up, and neither are you. Some of us, you got to realize dirt is your friend. When you feel like you're all by yourself in your clothes, that's what a seed does. Seed goes down in the dirt. If it wasn't in the dirt, it wouldn't grow. I'm going to close with this. It's a long closure. Better be ready. I tried so hard. And it's just so much to say. Tending and keeping your garden is the most important part of gardening. I said this before. It will also allow you to achieve the results you're looking for. Gardening requires constant maintenance. Nick, so I, I, I talked, not yet, I talked about Pastor Rachel and Nicole's garden and how they started off with good intentions. The easy part is starting the garden. It might be hard work, but that's the easy part. The hard part is tending your garden and tending it consistently. So a couple months ago, we had a tortoise, and we were keeping it in this little thing, and I'm like, man, it should be outside, it should be free, it should breathe air. And I was like, I have a great idea. I'm going to take the weed box, a.k.a. Nicole and Pastor Rachel's garden. I'm going to take the weed box and turn it into this beautiful environment for the tortoise. So I put these poles up, I took this cage, and I buried it so the tortoise couldn't dig out because it was a gopher tortoise, or one of those tortoises that burrow. And it, so it couldn't dig out, so I buried it real far, and I put all, I researched what kind of things that they eat, and they eat roses and hibiscus and all kinds of herbs, and then I planted all this stuff, and I put grass in there, and it was beautiful. I wish I had a picture of that, but I don't. It was beautiful, and I went out, and I put the tortoise in there, and I watered the stuff, and I was going to, our tortoise ran away on the first day. I don't know how that little sucker got out of there, but he was gone. In the first day, he was gone. Every, like, after the first day, I saw him walking around, he's eating stuff, he looked so happy. The second day, I went out, I'm like, huh. Where'd he go? I was like, sometimes he broke. We actually lost him. We had him in a little wheelbarrow for a while, and he dug underneath the soil. And I was like, he must have dug under. Third day, fourth day, 10th day, 15th day, 20th day. Pastor Rachel's like, he's in there. I'm like, no, he's not. He's gone. I don't know how he got out, but he's gone. An eagle either came in and took him out, or he just ran. I don't know. So when he was gone, stop tending the garden. Stupid tortoise. Got nobody. I had nobody to tend the garden for. Can you show a picture of my garden, Nick? I know you can't tell, I didn't plant those flowers. So right there, in there was where the garden was. Those are weeds. The next one? Yeah. So I know it looks pretty and it's green. I, I didn't plant that. Those are weeds. My garden actually looked worse than Pastor Rachel and Nicole's garden. Thank you, God, for teaching me humility. Because I, I forgot the most important part of gardening was tending the garden.
You want to tend your garden? It's all about the small decisions we make every day. I'm going to need six more minutes. Six. It might go to ten if y'all don't behave. It won't, at Reese, I promise. Be intentional about what you do every day, even the small things. Be intentional. Be intentional. Write it down. Be intentional. If you're writing something down, write it big. Be intentional about what you do every day. Be intentional about what you listen to, what you watch, who you hang around with, what you read, what you post, how you reply to posts, how you raise your children, how you, how you represent yourself at work, how you allow others, or no, how we take care of our bodies, how you treat others and how you allow others to treat you, how you handle your finances, how you give, how do you, you utilize your talents, how you utilize your gifts, and most importantly, how you love. Be intentional about everything that you do. Sounds like a lot of work. It is. It is. But it's worth it. It is worth it if you're intentional about everything that you do. Stay focused on the fact that somebody sacrificed their life for you. The Son of God came down, lived as a man, died a horrible death, and sacrificed his life for you so that you could live a life full of joy, full of freedom, full of happiness. So when you're making those decisions, think about that. You're not always going to get it right. You're going to fail a lot. I do. But go to God again. He doesn't get frustrated. You know, it's funny. I stopped going to God for certain things because I kept failing and kept failing and kept failing and kept failing, and I was ashamed and embarrassed to go to God with it again. And then I had this revelation that God's not disappointed or upset at me because I kept failing. He's looking at me, look, come again. Come to me again. Let's uproot that seed. Come to me again. Once I got that revelation that I could continue to go to God again and 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 again, and all these times that I fail, when I could keep going to God, he can redeem me, he can restore me, because that's what my God does. You want to tend your garden? Start small. Something that you think that you need to work on, you can start small, but dream big. Because it's called spiritual maturity. As we grow and we're responsible with the little things, God will continue to give us more. When you start off with this little 15 by 15 square, and you can manage that well, he'll give you a 50 by 50. And then a one by one acre, and he'll give you a farm, 50, 60 acres. He will give you what you're able to handle. Be responsible with the small. Start small, grow big. Show the, the last picture. So, had this revelation yesterday. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to clean up that garden so I could take pictures and show the congregation what a great clean garden looks like. That looks like crap. I promised you it looked so much better when I started it. I mean, it, was, it really was. I was super proud of it. I'm really embarrassed of this. Yeah, that's some of the stuff. That's a big garbage. Yeah, that's all half the weeds. That was some of the tomato plants that I thought were weeds that I pulled out, and I realized they were tomatoes. Should have let them stay. <laughs> after, I, after I got in there, I'm like, oh, crap, that's a tomato. I just pulled half of them out. You know what's crazy? Through all the weeds, all the junk that was growing and suffocating my garden, there was still fruit growing. 
I found peppers and tomatoes in there. I'm going through, I'm pulling stuff out. I'm like, what the heck is that? It's red. It was a pepper. Even if our hearts are filled with weeds, our good fruit's growing. There's good things inside here that are growing. If you're here today, there are good things inside here that are growing. We just got to pull the weeds out. Now, when we do, put it back up. Because what happens, some of us allow our garden to get so overgrown, like mine. Honestly, if, we wouldn't have, if God wouldn't have gave me the conviction to do this message, that garden would have still looked like that. It, I mean, it literally looked like that until Saturday. And Saturday, I was like, oh, I got to clean this out, try to make it look good. And that's what I was left with. There was hibiscus and roses, two both hibiscus trees. Got, that's a hibiscus. And so is the dead one in front of it. <laughs> it got eaten by, by, by bugs. But you want to know what? There's still stuff alive in there. It might not look pretty now, but some of us in this room today think it's too late. Some of us think the gardens of our hearts are so overgrown that it's, there's no point. There is never no point, and it is never too late. Some of us just need to start small. Start cleaning out some of that stuff. You don't have to do it all in one day, but start cleaning out some of the weeds, and God will show you and prove to you that there are still things that he's planted in your heart that are growing. I still had orchids in there. I still had roses. I still had peppers. I still had hibiscus. There's still tomatoes. There's still herbs and stuff in there. Now, they don't look good right now because I was letting the weeds grow over it. Same thing with my heart. But when you start pulling those things out and you give the good stuff room to grow and you feed the good stuff with God's word, it will grow and produce good fruit. But that's why so many of us are confused. Why am I not producing good fruit all the time? You've let the weeds grow. You start the song. It's never too late to clean up your garden. It's our responsibility to tend it. It's our responsibility to care for it. It's our responsibility to love it. This is one of my favorite songs. Like, this is, we call Monica Loves uh, Holy Forever. This is my Holy Forever song. I love this song. Talking about starting a revival. Who in here today has some weeds that they got to clear out? Who in here today has never given God permission to plant seeds in our heart? Bow your heads and close your eyes. You turn it up a little, Nick. Up a little more. I'm going to pray with you guys. And I just want you to be, just take a moment. Don't be thinking about what you're doing. Take a moment right now to spend with God. God's working on your hearts. He's uprooting some stuff that needs to be uprooted and thrown out. Are you going to let them or are you going to hold on to the weeds? Because they look like flowers. I'm going to pray for you right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Come to you in the name of Jesus. There are people in here that want to uproot some weeds in their heart, but they need your help. They need the help of the master gardener. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, the first thing I want to ask, and I want you to think about this, because just because you've raised your hand before doesn't mean that you believed it in your heart. Have you given your heart to Christ? It says that we should, he should be our Lord and Savior. So not just our lifeguard, he should be our Lord, which means we should be producing fruit that looks good. If you've never given Jesus the opportunity 
to be your Lord and Savior, but there was something that you heard that God's working on your heart and you want to today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not going to call anybody up. This is between you and God. I just want to know who I'm praying for. If you want to give your, God, your heart to God today, would you raise your hand? I see your hand. I feel like there's somebody else he's working on, but that's all right. How about, how about this? How about if you need God's help uprooting some of these things that are, that are in your heart and you want, him to, you want him to help you today? Would you raise your hand? Hands are going up all over the place. So what we're going to do is we're going to say this as a family. Just repeat after me. Father, thank you for loving me more than I could imagine. I believe in my heart and I confess in my mouth that you are my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, all God's children, say this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.